Good evening, and welcome to this podcast on this Monday, brought to you by Equine Devils Advocate. I had intended to speak to you a little earlier this evening, but church bells, yes, bell ringers. We have quite close a local, old, very quaint little English church. It's a very active church, and from time to time, the bells ring. Initially, it's quite nice, and I thought, hmm, maybe it'd be quite nice for you to hear them, though they are rather loud. I thought two or three minutes probably would be okay, but twenty, twenty-five, might become distracting at the very least, if not. Actually, in the background, extremely annoying. I must say, one does actually get used to them. And funny enough, I remembered when they were ringing, somebody once said to me, "I can't believe you're riding a recently backed four-year-old with those bells going." Well, actually, I didn't even think about it until she mentioned it. I'm sort of so used to them. They have actually stopped now, as you can probably hear. Silence, no bells. But my God, did they go on for a long time tonight? And I was beginning to wonder if how those bell ringers don't actually feel like throwing up, going up and down and up and down, or whether they were actually just giving themselves a master thigh workout or something. But anyway, back to today. The weather: overcast, low cloud, grey all day. Not cold, but damp. That good old English damp to go with the church bells. <gasps> Lovely. But this evening the sun was just starting to peep through the clouds, and the last of the tweety birds of the evening. There's another thing that astounds me. They work so hard in the spring, don't they? Singing their little hearts out. Come to me, my lovely. Look at my beautiful nest-building work, just for you. Anyway, enough with the rambling. Now today, we are going for a leap forward in the timeline, and this is mostly based on our little chat yesterday.、Um, some of you may know we did a. Sunday special for the first time, and whilst doing that, I well, it was actually a hypothetical chat as I'm sort of talking to you rather than with you. But anyway, as a result of talking about the Grand National and the attributes of thoroughbreds and their abilities, including jumping, it actually reminded me of a very particular horse. Of course, a little racehorse, way forward in the timeline. But because it's fresh in my mind, and it's actually a very interesting scenario, so I thought let's talk about it now. There's a lot involved in this story, and also plus, let us not forget in our last week's Monday timeline of the swift exit. Of Captain Adam and Quadrille, we did 
at that point have no replacement, and I had an enormous left foot. Yes, it had turned a beautiful shade of black, purple, and yellow with a smattering of dark blue, and some very precise spoke lines, firmly indented into the swollen tissue. Lovely, indeed, a sight for sore eyes, as the saying goes. But it wasn't broken. No, it was just a very good example of why not to use one's foot. For a handbrake on a pushbike. So, for a week or perhaps even more, I think it was, I was somewhat out of action, save for a bit of tinkering around bareback. But anyway, the story of today, what I wanted to talk to you about today, is a story of, to some degree, thinking outside the box, and that's something we have mentioned before. And of course, we are talking again about a racehorse, a dark bay, very pretty gelding with a beautiful white star, about fifteen three hands high. He was a stocky sort for a thoroughbred with perhaps slightly more bone than average. A lovely looking horse with the most generous character. He was a total people lover. And a people pleaser. His name was Dragonfly, something something, something Welsh, and it was completely unpronounceable. In fact, a commentator's nightmare. Thinking about it, that is an absolute art form, being a. Racing commentator with all the names that are flung at you, and so too is being able to read Welsh, let alone spell it. Anyway, Dragonfly, something something unpronounceable, came to us from another trainer. He was owned by a small syndicate of four people. In fact, they were two couples, but each person had a quarter share. They had bought him to race. Primarily to jump fences as a chaser when he was a little bit older, as he was of that breeding and that sort of substance was there in his confirmation. He was a little bit on the chunky side, and probably slightly late to mature as thoroughbreds go. And so, for that reason, he had actually only raced once as a three-year-old towards the back end of the season over hurdles. For this previous trainer, it had been a monumental disaster. He actually pulled up and never really got into the race at all. The problem being, quote unquote, from his owners, he can't jump. His breeding says he should be able to, but he is useless. Hmm. Now, here we need to take a little time, perhaps, to talk again about something we've slightly discussed before: judgments. Yes, a very common occurrence in the horse world, alongside gremlins, opinions, methods, insistence, etc., etc., etc. So, 
You see, the thing is, when presented with a new horse, be that one of your own or one of someone else's, it seems very, very easy for people to slip comfortably into that old shoe of judging the previous person, owner, trainer, rider, whoever it may be, for the fault at hand. Ill-prepared, not properly trained, badly ridden, blah, 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 blah. Now, in fact, any of these things have every chance of actually being true. But is it the... Sorry, I apologise for yet another interlude. My phone seems to be going a bit crazy at the moment. Anyway, what I was going to say is that those issues of being ill-prepared, badly trained, badly ridden, all of those things, the fact that they do have a reality of possibly being true, the problem is that we can become, well, actually, it's twofold. When we start to apportion blame to the previous person, we can become completely oblivious to seeing any real issue that actually belongs with the horse. The underlying real problem. And also the second danger is that it then becomes so very easy for the horse to fall victim to our ego. The ego that tells you you're better than the last person at what you do. You will sort the problem, whatever it may be. In this case, you will get this horse jumping. This is something that happens such a lot. And there's another issue that then immediately sort of attaches itself. Pressure. Self-generated, internal pressure. Now I put my head on the line, I had better succeed. You've accepted the task at hand. And so too, with that comes perhaps external pressure from those paying the bills. They are now relying on you. They expect success of you. They believe in your ability, your knowledge, your skill. And there comes the pressure of success. They do not want disappointment or failure by any means. And who is at the nub of all of this? Who bears the brunt of all of this? Oh yes, one little horse. In this case, a little horse called Dragonfly something something unpronounceable, a.k.a. Jack. Now, this process is so subtle because it becomes part of, oh, I don't know, do we put it under the sort of the heading of professionalism? If you are a professional, then you should perform as a professional. It creeps in like a vapour, 
so easy not to even notice until you find yourself on that train. And it's not just in this situation; it is everywhere. It happens all the time. It is a dangerous trap to jump on that train without thinking where its destination lies. It is a difficult and dangerous trap to fall into. It can go very badly for all concerned, for the. Owners, the bill payers, for the person that has taken on the role, and above all, it can go very badly for the horse in the midst of it all. Now, as there is a lot actually involved in this story, and my phone is dancing away on buzz mode. Uh, it looks as though people duty calls, so I am going to do the unthinkable. Yes, once again, I am going to love you and leave you. But we will come back to Jack. I think it's an interesting story, and one very worth delving into. So yes, I think we should come back to Jack this coming Friday. So. Do apologise once again for leaving you in this moment of a cliffhanger, but as I say, such is life, and it appears duty calls. So, until this coming Friday, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please do take care, and of course, do join us for back to Jack. Until then, we will speak very soon.